Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino and Rudolph. NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. You're in and you're out. Welcome back to Welcome to this week's edition of the TDM Podcast. I am your host this week, Scotty Knows. I am joined today by Mr. Joshius and Mr. Pancake Pete. Josh, how are you feeling today? Oh, super. Thanks for asking. Great to be here. Pete, what time is it over there in England? About 10 past 1 in the morning now. Oh, perfect time to be drafting. It's the best time. I draft that <laughs> time over here. So, as I said, I'll be the host this week. This week's podcast is focused on underdog best ball drafting. We are not sponsored, even though I would love to be, considering how much money I've given to underdog, but they've given money back to me, so it's been a bit of a fair exchange. Uh, <laughs> that $32.87 balance up there is, uh, is quite You know what? We don't maybe? talk about that, because it's an investment. I have much money invested in Underdog, and I'm going to get it back. It's just like crypto. It can only go up. <laughs> very true. Very true. Yes. So, I mean, I'm known for a lot of things on the server, but the one that matters tonight is I'm the most degenerate Underdog gambler here. How, uh, many, how many leagues have you joined on Underdog? <laughs> uh, total, I mean, it's across all sports, I've done over 1,000. And that's, just that's football, I've done a few hundred. Oh I my goodness. got pulled into it last year before the NFL draft by a friend of mine, my old roommate, who is a bigger degenerate gambler than I am. We actually met each other playing poker. And he does way more of these than I do. He has about $3,000 wrapped up in Underdog this year. So I actually was asking him if he wanted to come on the podcast, but unfortunately he was busy tonight. Uh, I've gotten into all of them. I've done a lot of football, baseball, basketball, a little bit of hockey. I won't say I'm like amazing at it, but I've done well enough that I don't deposit money ever. I deposited one time when I joined the website, have never deposited money since. I have withdrawn some and I kind of keep myself at least even. To avoid being a true degenerate. Josh, you've done a couple of these as well, right? Yeah, my introduction to best ball actually was the Scott Fishbowl Satellites last year, <laughs> um, which um, ended up winning my division, although I was one of the lowest, lower scoring winning division winners. But um, no, I had a blast. Um, I don't do many leagues across any of the formats, but um, I'm a, one of these people that I don't generally enjoy setting lineups. So... I have right. my three main dynasties, so best ball is right up my alley. Yeah, we were all talking just before this about how we all kind of don't do much redraft anymore in general. That uh, we're all kind of mostly dynasty people, but these best ball drafts really like scratch that drafting itch. Kind yeah. of, <laughs> it kind of is a good replacement for just joining more startups. Yeah, and for it's me, some... oh, go ahead, Pete. It's it's that summertime. Um... June, July, there's no football on, and I need something to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, time of year, definitely. Yeah, and I, I hate 
slow draft. So like my introduction to slow drafting was um, starting Dynasty. So like mm-hmm. I, I I can appreciate these underdog like thirty second timers. Like uh, it puts a little more pressure on you, but the the speed of the draft and the flow is is uh, much more to my liking. Yeah, the fast draft with the thirty second timer they create a really unique atmosphere for these drafts. It's very fast paced, a lot of split second decisions by people. And it makes it that ADP really doesn't move very quickly because so many people end up just drafting by ADP or they end up auto picking whoever's highest in ADP very often. So it takes some really big movements for players to move up and down significantly. Like we were talking earlier about Damian Pierce, who I'm sure we'll get to later. But his ADP is still fairly low compared to where his hype is right now. But that's going to be moving up probably throughout the next week. He's going to be moving up probably in that high RB3, low RB2 territory, a bit higher than where he is now. And people are going to be chasing that upside. And another part of it that people, I think, don't realize quite as much is how much ADP is influenced by a small group of people. There's a lot of regulars on Underdog, people that do hundreds upon hundreds of drafts. Some of them are content creators that, you know, you'll see posting about it on Twitter. A lot of them are also Dynasty people, so I'm sure you guys see that in your Twitter feeds quite often. And there's the big DFS websites usually have a lot of Underdog content. Uh, Most of it is paywalled, so I don't really use any of it. But I've talked to a lot of the people involved in this stuff. Uh, the underdog community has actually been really friendly. I've had a lot of great experiences with everyone that I've interacted with. And I see a lot of the same people in my drafts. I see people, no matter what sport I'm doing, I'll see the same people in all of my drafts. And those people and the ranking websites will end up pushing ADP a lot. So you kind of have to respond to that, kind of be aware of how other people are drafting so you can adjust to it if you're going to do more than just a handful of drafts. A lot of that really just comes down to figuring out where the strategy actually is in these drafts. Because, first of all, as you can see just on my screen, it's pretty standard scoring, half PPR. It's one QB, unless it's a super flex, which this is not. That was a temporary thing they tried out, which they may do more of next year. And the best ball mania, which is what we're going to do tonight, has pretty standard lineups. But what people end up debating a lot is just how many of each position you should draft. Because you have 18 rounds, and the big debate comes in how many running backs should you have. As we all know, running backs the most fragile position in football, but when it comes to season long, they can be what makes or breaks your team. So in a normal draft, you're Ideally, taking two quarterbacks, two tight ends, somewhere between four and seven running backs, and then the rest will be wide receivers. The different amounts of running backs kind of define what kind of draft you're doing. Is there's a strategy called hyper fragile, which uh, Justin Herzig, he was the winner of the first ever underdog best ball mania tournament, and he's a writer now for Establish the Run. He coined this phrase because this was the type of lineup that he won with, where he had just four running backs. The entire idea of it is 
this is a big tournament. There's hundreds of thousands of entries. You're just betting on your running back staying healthy. There's no use hedging your bets. Just take three, maybe four star running backs and just ride them to the victory. There's a lot of data that people have processed about this. There's so much out there that I've read a decent amount of it. I won't pretend to know all the numbers. But a lot of the data says that doing this strategy gives you a higher chance of placing high in the tournament, but a lower chance of actually winning your division. Which I guess I should explain very quickly how the structure works. Where when you do these drafts, you're just going to be in a league with the 12, with the 11 other people you drafted with. You're going to be doing regular best ball weeks 1 through 14. And the top, I believe it's the top two in your league, will go on to the playoffs. And then each week after that, you're doing another league where you're going to be eliminating more and more people until week 17, which is the championship. So if you want to get to those late stages, having a lot of running backs can help you get there by winning that week through 114. But it's going to put you at a disadvantage in weeks 15 through 17 when the people who just have a few running backs and more wide receivers that give them more chances of high weeks sort of have that advantage. Just to stop to see if Josh P, you following along, got any questions? Kind of went on a little no, rant. You're, uh, you're touching on pretty much everything. Um, I also, I prefer the the wide receiver method. Just that's your bread and butter, in my opinion. Like like the draft you and I did last night um, was got the two stud running backs early and then just kind of pounded wide receiver for like the rest of the draft. Sprinkle a tight end in here, sprinkle a quarterback in here, but just hammering wide receivers. Yeah, the uh, the hyper-fragile, it's also sort of a variation on a robust running back strategy because you can grab, four, you can literally just make your first four picks running backs and then just hammer wide receiver the rest of the draft. The more, I would say, optimal way to do it is to get two running backs early and then get two running backs sort of in the running back dead zone or a little past that which is another thing we'll talk about a bit, I think, when we're actually drafting. Where you are betting on the upside of some other guys versus the two guys that you feel confident are already going to be good. That was a big strategy last year with Leonard Fournette, for example. Leonard Fournette was going somewhere around round 9 or 10 for most of the summer. And people who had Leonard Fournette on their team ended up having a high rate of making the playoffs. The best rosters were typically people who took two running backs early and then hit on Leonard Fournette later. So you're really trying to find that balance between how you find your stud running backs, because that can really decide which of your lineups is even competitive. And then from there, you're hoping that your competitive lineups then hit on the right, right wide receivers to really win it all. Finally, there's, of course, the complete opposite end of the spectrum, the zero running back approaches, which... I'm sure very popular with all the people here <laughs> because, you know, we're a dynasty community. Got to gotta get those wide receivers, got to ignore those running backs. But it can be very risky. Uh, generally, if you're doing zero running back, you're not touching them till round eight, maybe a little later, and you're going to be drafting six or seven of them. You're kind of reversing the balance. Fewer wide receivers, more running backs, common sense. You're chasing those handcuffs. You're chasing those guys in uncertain backfields. You're just hoping you hit on enough guys that it really puts you up there. 
that's not an approach I usually use. I if I'm doing something like a zero running back, I'm usually doing more of a hero running back, which is when you take one good running back early and then punt the rest. Just because it feels a lot safer to me, especially when there's two running back spots in the standard lineup. You're just hoping you can hit on that second one. And that can also put you in a spot where you can get away with only drafting maybe five running backs. That's my entire rant about roster construction. That's really where a lot of the debate comes in in this community about what's ideal. People will spend crazy amount of time trying to figure out what the ideal roster construction is and then how to optimize it. So I think that if you guys have any questions, good time for it. Otherwise, we can think about starting up the draft soon. Yeah, so we've touched on roster construction. Um, I don't know. I think uh, maybe we might want to just hop right in, actually. Not the worst idea. Uh, so we're going to be doing a Best Ball Mania draft. Unfortunately, I have a glitch right now that won't let me enter on my PC. Maybe it will now. Oh, it did. oh wow, they fixed it. Hey, there we go. And I'm actually the last person in this draft, so it's going to start immediately. All right, Perfect. 103. So we're going to be talking a lot about the player ADP and some of the weird trends as we go. Uh, ignore this clock, it's wrong. I have like a minute before the draft starts. The desktop app for Underdog is a bit wonky. Uh, the clock generally doesn't work very well, but... Just know you have 30 seconds once you're on the clock. Yeah, I found out the hard way on that a couple times last night. It's really weird because... So what's happening is there should be a little thing that says one minute until draft starts, but instead it just starts a 30-second countdown. So that hits zero, and then in 30 seconds, it's going to start over again because that'll be the actual clock for Ghost Boy. I wonder if they got, like, sleeper coders working on it. I'm looking at who, if I know anyone this draft, I do not. There's no other regulars here. As you can see, I have the red badge of shame, which uh, means highly experienced. It is something I'm not proud of, but I have it. What's the one next to you? That is regular experience. All right, okay. I am on the clock. The normal one-two of McCaffrey and JT went, so chances are we're taking one of the top wide receivers. Uh. I personally am a fan of Cup. Josh, where do you feel about Cup and Justin Jefferson? Which are you picking between them? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, I'm gonna lean just um Justin Jefferson. Um, just off the chance that, well, I mean, who knows if either will repeat what they've done? But um, mm -hmm. I, I can't go wrong there. That's just yeah. Well, and even Chase, like, like you can't, group. you really cannot just go wrong there. I feel like. Yeah, so a lot of, if you don't go running back early, a lot of which wide receiver you take can also be driven by where you want to stack. These stacks are a huge part of these tournaments. If you're trying to win it all, if you're not just trying to win your division, if you want to win the tournament, you'd usually want to chase stacks. Yeah, it's my Burrow... Yeah, sorry, but yeah. my Burrow and um, Chase... in Or my Burrow and Higgins stacks is what won me my Scott Fishbowl last year. Right. Yeah, so in this, I got Cooper Cup, and Stafford is a QB I draft very often, just because I like where he goes. You can kind of see the ADP here. He's all the way down here, below Dak Prescott, just ahead of Carr, and we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in a little bit, <laughs> how disrespected he is. But 
ADP on underdogs always going to be a little weird, especially because you have to factor in that everyone is chasing upside. Nobody wants to draft the boring guys, the guys that you know will score well, like a Kirk Cousins, a Derek Carr to some extent, someone who is could easily put up a QB1 season, but they're not going to be a league winner for you. They don't really have that potential. Now, I might be disrespecting Josh a little bit by saying Derek Carr doesn't have league-winning potential, but... No, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like, that's just the... Derek Carr is a QB, too, in, in, a, in a dynasty lineup. That's just the that's just what it is. Right. That comes in a bit more play with running backs and wide receivers. As you look down the ADP list for receiver, you might see some uh, notable names <laughs> that we will get to. And... Some people you might think are really good that are a little lower, like Deontay Johnson. DK Metcalf. Johnson, Wait. incredible player, but people don't think that he has a high of a ceiling. You know, DK, we talk about him. You know, Darnell Movie, Elijah Moore. Like, these guys, their ADP is driven not just by how people perceive them, but by how people perceive their upside. So who are you looking at? We're coming so, up on you here. What are, what are you thinking yeah. here, Scotty? So coming up at 210, I mean, if Aaron Jones gets to me, I'm obviously going to want to take him. I love Aaron Jones. Oops, he did not get to me. So in this situation, I might have to do a small reach for Fournette. Just because I think he's a very strong RB1, and I am a Bucks fan, so I am biased as hell. How far do you let uh, tight end drop before you want to go for one? Do you ever take one of the top ones or I do least... if they fall, but I don't like taking them like ahead or at ADP. Like Kyle Pitts is far from the worst pick at our next spot if yeah. he's there. But I think I'm just gonna go ahead and stick with Fournette here. I like him more than Chubb, because I just don't think Chubb has the same type of upside for this season. Especially with no Deshaun Watson. Sorry, I'm got in trouble for letting it auto pick too many times. It's yelling at me. Yeah, but then you have, like, the receivers here are great, though. Like, I could have gone Evans, could have gone Tyreek. It's just, no, I'm not the... thinking I'm not thinking about just best player available. I'm thinking about how I want to build my team. So in normal ADP, I, I'm not really a follower of ADP. It, you know, as we talked last night, I kind of, I kind of draft by feel. Um, so is, is it normal that A.J. Brown is that much lower than Mike Evans, like ADP-wise? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's been okay. pretty normal. That's uh, People are pretty down on him with Jalen Hurts this year, Okay. especially with the competition. So here, the question is just, do I take Evans, my boy, or do I take Kyle Pitts? I believe is probably the best option. I'm probably not going to go Evans just because I don't like the anti-synergy of having both Evans and Fournette. Yeah. So we just got a message in the chat. Keep in mind Chubb's early season schedule. <laughs> But it's a little bit too late. We already skipped on him, so screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Hugh. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts, obviously, you can't get much more upside than that at tight end. Uh, obviously a gamble, but someone that I feel good about. I don't take him very often just because tight end ADP is very strange. Because you have the guys you'd expect at the top. Mm -hmm. but when you go down, you start seeing names where you might expect them to be a bit higher, like guys going very late in the draft. Like Albert O has kind of lost some of his hype. Irv Smith kind of has been flying under the radar. Oh, Irv. 
Hunter Henry, he's one of those that falls in that category of that boring guy. He's probably going to be a tight end one this year, but he's not going to be much more than that. It really feels like there's just a tier of the top four, and then yeah. there's just nothing afterwards. To be honest, now, especially done... now Darren Waller's injured. You don't want yeah, to Yeah, Waller and Schultz right are kind of in their own tier to me. They're just, yeah, they're just there, though. Like You don't want to be taken then... in there. I the most my most drafted tight ends are Goddard and Hawkinson. Yeah, those guys. That's usually where I'm like, okay, that's the next tier down. They're usually falling. I can get them around pick 100. And I feel like when we're talking about tight end ones, I'm of the opinion it's kind of disingenuous to be talking (laughs) 10 and 12 tight ends when you're talking about tight end ones. Like for me, it's it's basically there's four or five. And that's really all I'm counting when I'm talking tight end ones because right. it's there's such so. a drop off after the first three, four, five normally. So. If you don't yeah, have one why... of the top three, you're just streaming them. The if tight you end doing redraft yeah, so. or whatever. So that's why when I wait, I just try to chase guys I think have upside. So I would get something like if I really wait, I'll get like Cole Komet. I'll grab Noah Fant a little later. Like he, the guys that I think are going very late because they are very up in the air, but they have a lot of upside if they were to hit. Uh, You and I, Josh, were talking last night about Evan Ingram as a late sleeper. I don't like Evan Ingram as a player, but with how late he goes in these drafts, he's worth grabbing. Yeah, I hate it. That made me... I died a little bit inside when I took him last night. (laughs) So we're going to be coming up on our next pick soon. And T. Higgins is still on the board for some reason. I did something happen wow. to him? Oh wow, he just went. Okay, that's Somebody crazy else drop for him. So what are we looking at here? We have quarterbacks are getting close. Yeah, we're gonna have to Herbert, start thinking about but, that. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to do a quarterback here with all the value at receiver. No, we're still in a receiver hotspot right here. I think. Yeah. So if we're looking at receiver, Gabe Davis. His ADP is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my it's entire awful. life. It's awful. Um, <laughs> obviously, he has his fans, but that's what I'm talking about, how a small community can really drive up ADP. Because when everyone is chasing upside, every player starts getting drafted at their ceiling. Because enough people do it that it just keeps happening, and you don't you start not getting discounts on any player with hype. So here, we're looking at Hollywood. We're looking at Juju, Deontay, Bateman, and Cooks. Personally, I lean towards Hollywood just to chase the upside like I was talking about. Deontay feels a lot safer, so probably a better player in my opinion, but when chasing upside, it's Hollywood, it's Bateman to me. I agree with that. Um, I would probably lean Deontay here, but I, Brown is okay. really, um, like, if you're looking for upside for like a, like a dart there, like that's... That's where it is. Yeah. Like, I am a huge fan of Rashad Bateman. I might just take him at this next one. But I also want to think about if I want to go ahead and grab. This is where we start getting towards what people refer to as the running back dead zone. But the dead zone this year is a bit odd to me. Because look at these names at the top Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, these upside running backs that are coming off injury who could. Would be surprising nobody if they were top 12 running backs this year. People aren't expecting it, but if Cam Akers is there for me, I'm tempted to take him because I think the upside is incredible. Then there's David Montgomery, who's more of that boring player who probably will be a top 12 running back, but do you really want him as your 
RB2 into this format. I have him in okay. RB2 in a normal Dynasty format, and I'm not really, like, I'm not really happy about it. Like, it's so oh, The least inspiring RB2 yeah, that you exactly. can have right now. Yeah, well, now I'm going to say never mind because Deontay Johnson fell to us. Oh, that's And masterful. Deontay Johnson is a beloved player. Scott. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have is Adam in the chat. No, he's not, but he would make I would make <laughs> him happy by taking Deontay Johnson here. Yeah, this is something that I mean, when you're doing these drafts, you're playing the board as it comes to you. I didn't come into it with a plan of what kind of build I wanted to do. Right now I'm working on a hero running back build unintentionally. Just, just let the just let the draft fall to you, buddy. Yeah, so this is where we really have to start making decisions about how we want to handle QB and tight end. Well, tight end, we already got a stud, so we can wait a while for our second one. Yeah, flip that QB but, on, and let's see what yep. we're looking at here. So we our next pick is at pick 70. 16 more. So Hertz and Kyler are probably not going to make it to us, but then we have this man, another guy whose ADP is quite controversial. Trey Lance, QB7. How do you guys no. feel about that? Go ahead, Pete. Let's let's see how you feel. Yeah, Pete, come on, give us something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about this is where the the upside pushes them all the way up in these drafts, right? Exactly. Like you're not going to get a bargain if he does turn out to be good. I mean, QB seven would be a great season for him. Yeah, you would imagine. So, absolutely. Is there a value in taking him here? Probably not. And when you look at the names right after him, it just becomes yeah. difficult to process. You have Burrow, you have Russ, you have Brady, you have Dak. These guys who are perennial QB1s who have shown that top five upside. That Well, Burrow's not quite perennial yet, but I'll give him that. He's going to be perennial. I like him. Yeah, and if you've been around long enough, you you know my stance on Trey. I'm not going to get too, too deep into it. Um, I just... Not my not my cup of tea. I just um I just don't think he's it. So yeah, you're not getting yeah. any value here. I mean, obviously I could, you know, now that I'm saying this on uh, putting it on wax here, uh, Trey Lance will probably be a league winner for somebody. So. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys nail hit the nail on the head with it's a matter of a guy being drafted sort of at his ceiling. Obviously, his ceiling is higher than this. He could absolutely just run for a thousand yards and carry somebody to a championship. But is his upside like I'm never gonna take him over Hertz or Kyler because those are just better versions of the same player to me. And then you got your stack, stack, stack. Yeah. We gotta think that too. Right. I got the Kyler stack ready to go if I want to take it. And if I let's if he makes it at. to me, let's yeah, see we'll see what else board. is available when we get there too. Because I am a huge Darnell Mooney fan. <laughs> he is one of my most owned players this year. Just because where he goes this late, I think that he has an incredible mix of both floor and ceiling this year, basically Kyler. being the entire offense. And we're seeing Cam Akers fall here. We got a lot He's of wide receiver falling. drafters in this, I think. Kind of looking at what other people's builds are, you can see all under their names what they're doing. Uh, so that guy, line shows, okay. If, yeah, we can click guys, see what they're doing. It kind of jumps around when there's a draft pick, but this guy's going heavy running back. We have a lot of balanced drafters, nobody going heavy one way or the other, except for... <laughs> I like to assume, in my limited experience with Underdog, that half of these guys in this draft have, like, eight or nine other teams in this tournament. <laughs> like, Yeah, um, 
a lot of the people drafting have hundreds of entries in these tournaments. Mm-hmm. But these are not those guys because they don't have the badges, so you know that. True. We have true. a pretty casual group tonight overall. But if they could still be people doing like their hundredth draft, they just haven't done enough else yet to get that badge. So obviously we didn't get Kyler. Uh, Cam Akers and David Montgomery both went, who we were talking about before. So now it starts getting into, okay, do we even want to go QB here? Do we just wait and take Stafford for a stack later? For or me, do we... yeah, I would punt on the QB here because you're going to be picking up what, four or five more picks. Yeah, right and so we're looking now at wide receivers. We got Elijah Moore, Ayuk, Cooper, London kind of the only guys I'm considering here. Running back, we got Jacobs, who I probably my choice right now, but I don't feel strongly about any of these wide receivers where I feel like I'm missing out if I don't get them. No, we've yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just lock here. this in. Yeah, yeah I'm going to lock in Jacobs, but we can talk about these receivers, which Elijah Moore is one that I've had some back and forth with people a few times, because at this point, it's late enough that you are just chasing upside, but how do you guys feel about Elijah Moore if he's available for us at this next Scotty, pick? Flacco is on fire. So, <laughs> you know, no, but really, um, not feeling great about any of these wide receivers. Um, so, but we're kind of in a weird spot, I feel like, here with the quarterbacks right. and the wide receivers. Well, to me, I think, to me, there's a drop-off after these three guys, in my uh, personal view. And IU fits that upside um, category, or that, that mold, in my opinion. Right. So. Yeah, Ayuk's one of the players I've talked about more than any other, probably, where he has incredible upside, because we've seen what he can do anytime that Debo is not being the wide receiver one. If he's playing running back, if he's hurt, Ayuk has been the guy. Oh my god, Damian Pierce! There, there it went. is. There it is. There, so there it is. That pick 74. Who did he go over? He went over all of these beautiful people. <laughs> There's the Damian Pierce type we were all waiting for. Screw it. <laughs> I, you, I don't need to talk about him anymore. We got a Damian Pierce pick in the house. Oh, what a beautiful team. He took Hopkins as a wide receiver three with his six game suspension. His running back and quarterback yeah. situation is looking <laughs> real good, though. Yeah, he did this. Uh, Lamar stack with Bateman, which I like a lot. But yeah, that is... um. <laughs> See, not only do yeah, you it... lose DeAndre for the six games, you're also not going to have him week 13, so it's like a seven-game Yeah, basically. it's Oof. absolutely brutal. But yeah, that Damian Pierce pick, wow. I mean, You never know, like, we're talking literally, outside, man. You... <laughs> when I looked last week, Damian Pierce's ADP was around 120. And now it's up to 87, and this guy just took him at 75. Or 74. I feel like he went just as early last night in the draft I was in, too. It's, uh, uh, the hype is real, yeah, he man. Went, he went a little later in yours, but... Yeah, that is absolutely mind-boggling. We're going to talk about this more, because the Damian Pierce thing drives me crazy. I get it. He's the starter. Woohoo! He beat out a bunch of Jags, and he's going to have a wonderful season playing for a t- bottom-five offense. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. We'll see if it lasts beyond this season, and if he even puts up RB2 numbers this year. So but we're, man, that we're is... really needing, we got 14 picks away, I'm, we're going to really be eyeing the quarterback here, I would imagine. Um... Absolutely, our next pick number is 94, so I mean, 
We're looking there goes good. Lance. I like being in that spot. Yeah. Yeah, these three guys I we love. And then there's also obviously Aaron Rodgers, who there's a lot of debate over him because too damn low. He's too damn low, Scotty. Absolutely agree. This is a guy who has never finished outside the top ten in points per game since he's been, his repair. He's been thrown to used car salesman his entire career. Like uh Well, not necessarily. I mean he went from uh driver and Jordy right into mm. Cobb. Uh well he had Jordy for a long time. Greg Jennings is the other guy I'm thinking of. No, I get he, it. He's had that marquee guy. I get it that he doesn't have this year, but the guy's uh, crafty. He's got the tool belt. It's full of tools. He's He's fine. I mean, I I think he's fine just because he's probably the most talented QB I've ever seen. Yeah. But, I mean, not. let me just clarify for all of you. I'm not saying he's the best QB ever. I'm not saying he's the GOAT or anything like that. I'm saying he's the most talented. Just like Peyton Manning is the smartest and Tom Brady is the greatest. These are separate things, and I don't care how you define them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, right now, we also have to start thinking about our construction. We're sitting at only two running backs still, meaning we're probably going to be doing a five running back build. Just because I think that's what makes most sense with these guys as our top two. I know you're going to end up with Alberto. That's just what's going to happen here. I'm not going to end up with Alberto, okay? You know what? Just because you said that, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Good. Because I have so many other people. I could take Irv Smith. I That's my strategy. I really like Irv Smith. <laughs> I mean, if Alberto falls like he does sometimes does, it could happen. So here we're looking at a QB or one of these bum running backs or wide receivers. You get a great kick returner and Antonio Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually love Gibson at this ADP. <laughs> Absolutely. I I can go into that whole thing, but first let's take a QB. Now, then it becomes this becomes a big question is, do you take the better QB in Brady or Prescott, or do you take the stack with Stafford? I mean, the stack I, looks nice, man. You're picking also here in a couple picks, too. I mean, is there something yeah, we else? Can, I can, yeah, it's just that... You're probably running out of time. Uh, I am running out of time. That's what's the problem with these drafts. Lock it in. I'm trying to talk Ooh. during the drafts. I'm doing it. <laughs> just oh, lock God. it in. That was the wrong choice, too, because these guys both already have quarterbacks, so there's no risk of them taking one of the guys I want. Just well, for future reference, I'm gonna, but I'm, I'm gonna, queuing it up. One of them's going to so, take it. So um, when you talk about how ADP gets boosted up by the, kind of, right. the hive mind of, of underdog, does Same. somebody like Antonio Gibson drop further as like a mirror to that when someone is dropping Pretty much. Like a stone? Okay. Yeah, that happens quite often. Like this is absurd ADP for him. Yeah. yeah. I get it. People are worried because he returns kicks now. <laughs> I get it. Brian Robinson is the next coming of Jesus. I get it. But the dude is still very talented. He isn't the greatest running back on the planet, but in this range, what we're looking at, he is a guy that could easily walk into eleven or twelve touchdowns and be an RB one again. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, this isn't the most ideal way to build a team. I this is not something I would normally do, but it's just something that I'm falling into. Again, playing the board as it comes to me. It's more that these wide receivers. This is just getting into what I think of as the wide receiver dead zone. So, start thinking about how we would rank these guys. Like, which of these guys currently on the list do you like the best? 
um, I feel like we're in that point of the draft I was in last night to where I started um, hitting a couple of rookies and I guess, but uh, I don't like any of them, Scotty, to be honest with you. <laughs> Are but, you gonna have to take them? <laughs> we, we can't just not take a wide receiver. But yeah, I'm with JRH. Uh, I'm with Garrett Wilson. Um, uh, yeah, and Lockett. Like those are my choices here. We're not picking like again is, for a while after like, this. Well, you like him? You like him? Who else are we looking at? I feel like this is where I'd end up reaching on somebody like Dobbs or something like that. Even though it's you know twenty five picks too lit too early, this is where we just look at this yeah. list and go. And mm, I want to hear some opinions ah, on what we one. think Julio is this year. <laughs> Julio Ooh. is being drafted too high. That's what. He's our fourth wide receiver. Upside, upside, baby. It does he? He's what? Ah, thirty right, years I'm old, kidding, a yeah. million and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Exaggerating. I know he's like thirty three. I think. But no, he might as well be. I hear you. Yeah, personally, I'm a big Rondale Moore fan. I don't think I don't. He's one of those guys where I don't think it's likely that he ends up paying off, but he has that upside, especially with Hopkins being out for six weeks. I feel like nobody has talked about Rondale going into this year. I mean, I'm and gonna I need that... to see him used more um, frequently for one thing, and then more creatively. Like um, the the kid's talented. There's no denying that. You but, mean um, these like one yard passes don't really seem to do very much. Yeah. <laughs> these small boys. See if you can catch something five yards down the field. Yeah. But and then, oh, then we're we're you know, back to that upside buzzword again, Rashad Penny. Yeah. Um I mean I mean that's I, there, yeah, especially with Walker injured to start yeah, the you year. Hate, I hate to even recommend I wouldn't recommend Rashad Penny normally, but like at this position uh, But when you look at the running backs after yeah. is it how big is that gap? Yep. Yeah, it becomes I mean, a because he's he's your potential. only potential like he's your only locked in starter there. Yeah, I, I mean, mean without he, somebody, he might not make it to me, but if he does, I'll definitely consider it. I could also just double up with Brian Robinson and guarantee I have the Commanders <laughs> backfield. Well, you can't think of Brian Robinson like a traditional rookie. He's like 27 years old already. So oh, yeah, <laughs> he's what he lacks in actual like NFL touches. He's just uh, he's he. He's got it in uh, well, wisdom. He's I, I have a history with Brian Robinson <laughs> on TDM okay. because back in, I believe, October, I made this big spiel in TDM about how Brian Robinson was going to be this year's Trey Sermon, that he was going to pop off as this old senior, get overdrafted in the NFL draft, and then be overdrafted in rookie drafts. And it didn't really happen. He did get drafted decently high in the NFL draft, but then nobody wanted him in rookie drafts. So I actually have him in all of my dynasty leagues. I took him in the mid to late third round in every league, even though I hated him as a prospect, just because at that point, getting a running back with his skill set drafted as high as he was, you really wow. can't pass on Did that. We, are we not going to talk about Zamir White? Zamir White? Oh, I didn't even see that. What? Oh, my God. Are we just going to let that go by? Zamir, 163.80. Look at this guy's team. He loves the big boys. <laughs> Henry, Dylan, White. Oh, that's, that's, that's the meat. That's almost as bad as me accidentally keeping Paris Campbell at the top of my queue last night and taking him like 80 picks above ADP. So. You know, I... I just locked in Pan A because we were talking about it. He fell way below ADP. Awesome. I love that pick. It's the highest value possible. He has the same bye week as Fournette, but since we're going to go five running backs, it's not a big deal. 
and we can wait for the fifth one for someone with upside later, someone like in this range down here. No, maybe da Damian Ugh. Pierce is down there somewhere. Oh, wait. No, wait, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got Damian Pierce 2.0 right here. Uh, oh, God. Always grab him. Oh. Yeah, one of the guys I do love late is James Robinson, but unfortunately he has the same buy as both Fournette and Penny, so he's not really a safe pick. No, is it just me or does Pacheco actually look like Tyreek Hill? Like if you just like kind of like, glance at the screen, they were like he's number ten, like he's small, kind of buff, and like I don't know, I when I glance over at the screen watching the Chiefs. Oh like, no, we're picking it. Oh god, if I, what if you, you distracted me? Talking about Pacheco? What the hell? Uh, Silver, Palmer. Oh god! Oh god! Oh god! This is gonna be the worst pick of my life. Uh, uh, we I didn't talk about Chark. Oh no! Uh, we can talk about Chark. I do love Chark, but I'm gonna get him later. God, I'm taking Tolbert. Oh god! That's a terrible pick. I hate him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You guys distracted me. I'm trying to just focus it on my draft, not trying to talk or be entertaining or care about what people think. Yeah, I don't buy. Think. I'm just saying, like, I when I it. look <laughs> at him on the field, like, I if I like squint my eyes a little bit, it's like I, they're gonna put him at wide receiver. That's just that's the omen here. That's just where I'm getting at. Like, I think you might need that same surgery that James Winston got. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's um, the most absurd thing. No, I'm just kidding, but um, but they're similar. Yeah. I feel appearance. like we need to disagree. I, I feel like we need to disagree on players a little more so we can fight a little bit. There you go. Well, no, I don't. I don't. Who usually, was it that said they no. like dupes? I don't Duke like stops, anything contrarian. Doubts. I don't argue at all. I don't like. I, I I avoid any sort of conflict at all times. So. Well, that makes you boring. Why are you on this podcast? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to to tell me that that's absolutely not true because it isn't. <laughs> I live hey, we always, we always seem to get along fine. Oh, always. <laughs> yeah, Josh and I have been playing some video games together, so we have a nice rapport. That's why we work off each other so well. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's why it made us great for this podcast. And, uh, yeah, we've been playing some Heroes, and it's uh, been a good time, so. Oh, yeah. He's talking about Heroes of the Storm, the greatest Blizzard game of all time that mm -hmm. is currently dead. All right, so talking about more wide receivers we want to target, we can also start thinking about if we want to take our second QB soon because Stafford is great. I love him, but also he's a bit lower tier for a QB1, so you kind of want to yeah. hit his on elbows might be dead. His elbow is not good. All three of these guys I see as great upside picks. They're yeah. guys that I see as someone that makes sense as a QB too, because they can give you those big weeks, especially fields. If he's there for me, I'm taking him. And if you, um, if you look, if you remember back to the scoring settings, it is only minus one for interceptions. So Jameis is absolutely <laughs> viral. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't watch the Saints game yeah. last night, but I guess he looked pretty good. Uh, everyone looked good in that game. Like all <laughs> of the QBs had like near perfect passer ratings. Uh, even Book even had like a, a huge yeah, third he down went 11 run. for 15, I think. Yeah. And then Jameis and uh, Dalton both didn't miss a single pass. I, well, yeah. They almost missed think, that one that bounced off the guy's hands and up into the air yeah. and ran it for a touchdown. That was crazy. That doesn't count. <laughs> it, it was caught. That's all the stat sheet says. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Jameis. I'm actually surprised Jameis' ADP hasn't gone up more. 
just because so many of his receivers are being drafted high. And that's reflective of maybe because of um the you know like we were talking about how the ADP doesn't move as as quickly here and right. um, to be honest he's been injured up until what this last week right he that's true been... but you have Michael Thomas going in around the fifth round in these you have Chris Olav going decently high you have Jarvis Landry who's down here still getting drafted he's not like in the gutter I have been targeting Jarvis Landry okay. in every in every league I'm in I've got him for thirds I've got him as a throw in like um. He's someone who I'm not going to invest heavily in, like, like as far as a price, but I, I want him on my roster this year. And um, yeah, so these are the, I'm just kind of marking the guys that I'm looking at in this range. Because this is a point where ADP kind of doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, do you just start targeting the guys that you like? Uh, pretty much. Or like around here is when that'll happen. There are like yeah. some guys, like pretty much. Every wide receiver, like under 160 ADP, is someone that you can be feel pretty sure is going to be drafted. Oh, look, there's Christian so, Watson. Huh. Yeah. Christian Watson. Michael Carter's is, got, still out there. That'd be I a got nice Christian Watson listed. Yeah, we'll have to think about our second tight end, but we don't really need to do one that's really great. Like, there's so many guys late that I love. Like, we can wait another few rounds and still get someone like Higby, someone like Fant. You just have to watch out for the bye weeks, which isn't an issue with mm-hmm. anyone but Tunyon. And there's also Taysom Hill. But we don't need to think about tight end for until our next pair of picks. Here, I'm probably just going to take... Unless I want to take a fifth running back here, which would just be Michael Carter, that's but I am really not the a only fan. option, yeah. That's, yeah, that's the best one. I just don't think I'm going to take a running back here. And I in this but, best ball format, too, like, um, maybe more amplified in that, too, but... uh. Well, let me shut up while you make your pick here. We just no, I'm Jarvis will probably make it to our next picks, but he might not. So I might just go for him here, just because we were just talking about him, and so it's thematic. I'm also in a bit of a rough spot with all these week nine buys. It's not a Mm -hmm. huge issue since Hollywood and Cup will both play that week, Mm -hmm. but I need to watch out and make sure I don't take too many week nines from here on out. Where I was going at was like Carter might be one of those guys that like you're feeling great about like week one through five, one through six in the season, you know, he's starting, he's playing. Mm-hmm. And then somehow, um, you know, Brees kind of works his way in there. And then the latter half of the year, he's just like a dud. I feel like, um, quarter, quarter was kind of a dud in playoffs and like, he was, yeah. It's just kind of that situation for me. With, uh, yeah. That was Carter. a little annoying. I just have filtered just to running backs and wide receivers, but we don't pick again until do, 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 166. So Russ Gage, his ADP has been taking a while to fall since he got hurt. So obviously it's not surprising to see him falling 20 spots plus so it's falling ADP. back to reality. Pretty much. It's yeah. the Julio signing and he got hurt the same week. Yeah. It was just rough circumstances. I still think he's a value. I just don't think he has upside. And as we get later, I just really want to get guys that could potentially be useful receivers down the line. Where are we at on... Go ahead. Sorry? I was going to say, where are we at on uh, Marvin Jones? I know he's way down there. You're not thinking of him right now, but, like, that's Mm -hmm. a guy I think could be sneaky, like, playable as, like, a... Yeah, Marvin... Marvin is so talented. He just... Between his injuries and just... The offense being a little sketchy. And I think he's, he's due for some positive touchdown regression. 
this year. Probably, they've also added I mean, some talent. I don't know. It's tough. Who else is? Who are their other receivers? It's obviously Christian Kirk. Um, and who else do they have right now? If anyone in chat Chanel, wants to just like uh, say real fast who their other receivers are, I don't feel like pulling up another tab because I got this thing going. Oh, Zay Jones, man. Oh, Zay Jones. Zay. Oh. Yeah. oh, my God. Jack is going to be mad at me for forgetting about Zay Jones. <laughs> yeah, the stud himself. I, I guess. It. Might as well call you know him Jones is gonna have... Where, Oh, yeah, Zay Jones is right here. We completely missed him. Close in ADP. Which one's going to be the better one? Who knows? Jekyll and Hyde, Zay Jones, man. He's going to give oh, you that you know, 18, 20 point week, followed by about four or five at like one to four points. Yeah, so this is like in this range, too. It's just getting really ugly. Like Galladay, no one really wants him. Wandale. Wandale's gone, but I'm not taking another week nine by. Robbie Anderson, who will get Robbie 150 Anderson. targets for 500 yards. <laughs> Jameson would be nice if that stupid pup I, wasn't I am a fan of Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce is interesting, though. Like, as potentially the top, like, number two receiver on the team. Yeah. Have a chance of bad if Campbell doesn't work out quite like people hope. He has that upside for those big weeks. Oh, it's he's a, just gone. He's a fun player. Oh, no, nice that was Robbie oh, Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Wow, okay. Yeah. Strange. Uh, I've been doing some drafts with a friend of mine, the one I mentioned earlier, who's heavily invested. I've been talking to him a lot. He's very big on Jamison Williams, uh, just because of how late Jamison goes. And he's a guy that, when you get a guy this late, you don't really care if he's playing the first like month or two of the season, because he could be, or oh, there he just went, because he could be a playoff winner. Mm-hmm. He could yeah. be a guy that you don't need to make the playoffs, but could win you games in the playoffs. Is if you've already got enough good wide receivers, then you can yeah. roll them out late. I'm just kind of marking the guys that I would normally consider in this range. That's about. We got any DPJ it. fans that's, in here? That's are basically the wide receivers I want, and I don't really take many other guys in this range. I am a DPJ fan to an extent. It's a little annoying that Watson isn't going to be there till late, but if, yeah, if Watson ask... pops up, you know, and makes him a asset for the playoffs, that's huge. And oh, it's me again. Oh no, not Zay Jones. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's what happened to me in uh, Paris last night. Just yeah, came in and put him up top. And... Uh, we could also think about our backup tight end. We're getting pretty late, yeah. but. Onions. Oh, this is ugly. I feel I like really we were looking at this same setup last time. I'm going to take Pierce. We'll figure out the tight end. So I'm not an Everett fan. I like Tunyon, but I'm not going to take him with the same bias pits. Uh, Hayden Hurst is a decent upside. My guy is Noah Fant. I am the biggest Noah Fant supporter I know. I think that he's incredibly <laughs> talented. You're not worried about who's throwing? I am a lot, very, very worried about who is throwing. <laughs> I, that's why I'm not taking him away. Higher. Oh, Westbrook Econ, damn. Um, for me, it's just of all the tight ends left, he is by far the most likely to actually give you a tight yeah. end one season. I'm not even sure Dero would take Westbrook that early. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that is impressive. 
Yeah, but like th- at this point, like I said, ADP doesn't mean a lot we're, anymore at this point. You're just taking your guys. We're just throwing darts. Yeah, we're... You know, you can start going down the list and start looking for who you like. Will Fuller still getting drafted. I mean, he's got to play somewhere, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Odell Beckham is a fun, like, playoff gambit type of guy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Kyle Phillips has gotten some hype. Mm-hmm. I think Randall Cobb is slightly underrated, but not a great best ball pick. You know, V-less, if we had return yards in this game league, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it gets ugly fast, obviously. Sammy Watkins is one I should have marked as well. He's decent upside just for individual weeks. This could be his year, man. Yeah. <laughs> Every year starts as his year and then ends right. his year abruptly. Guaranteed to win week one. <laughs> yeah, so we've already got QB and tight end locked down. We don't even have to think about those. Uh, there are times where it makes sense to take a third QB or a third tight end. You generally want to avoid that. That usually means something went wrong in your draft or you just got crazy value on. Especially with the list we were just on. looking at. The third tight yeah. end is not where we're. So I have a decent number of drafts where my QB one is actually Justin Fields. And then I back him up with guys like maybe like a Tua or a, like not. I do take Mac sometimes, but. It's sort of like I will sometimes go three QBs, just get three upside QBs, young guys, and see how it goes. But then there's the interesting pick of Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about anything else except for fantasy <laughs> right now, so make that clear. <laughs> Obviously, he's out first 11 games. He'll be back in week 12? Week, is it 12 it or 13? Whatever week it is. Yeah. Meaning. If you take Watson as a second or third QB, you're going to have him for the playoffs. You can take somebody with a late buy, like a week 14 buy, and then put Watson as just your second QB and have him by the time that bye week happens. You're kind of gambling on your one QB really carrying you until then. But it becomes this really interesting gambit with Watson. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Go ahead, Pete. Um, I mean, we're not going to do it here because we already got two good QBs, but... Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. When you've already got these two quarterbacks already, you don't know how long. I mean, I guess the Browns are definitely not going to bench him after week 12 if they're completely dead. He's still going to come back and play. Um, You've already got two good quarterbacks. Is there a world where they're like have three or four wins at that point and they kind of just were like hey no he's been out too long there's too much rust you yeah. gotta throw him out there you have to but before we just get back schedule to that is, is good as well for the first yeah. few so weeks also we do need to think about our fifth running back at this point where it's getting a bit thin pickings because i kind of forgot about it mm. but i'm thinking one of maybe gus or one of the arizona guys i actually like gus a lot here Okay. It's not a big deal if he misses a little bit of time or if he's slow out the gate. He has shown that potentially give some big weeks. Now, but is, is Daryl going to make that roster in Arizona? That's my, my problem is I don't know who to take between Daryl and Eno. One of them could be cut. Like Yeah, very easily. I like Daryl more just because he's shown more in mm-hmm. his career than Eno has. But I don't know who's going to be doing what. Whoever it is is probably going to have some value but it's not really the big upside you want. 
uh, still would be worthwhile to take, but I'm not happy with so it. So you're good at, at point, running back. Yeah, running back, I think I'm fine with. Okay. I like this group. Again, we're kind of gambling on health because it's a tournament. You're not going to hedge bets. You're just going to hope that all these guys... All these guys stay healthy, you know. There's one guy in particular that maybe won't, but <laughs> I, ugh, Penny, what are we gonna do with yeah, you? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel good. As good as it felt to get him at that pick, it it still doesn't feel all it that never good. Feels good. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. They're feel gonna that start, they're gonna rename the pup list after him soon. It's <laughs> the Penny list. <laughs> the Penny, the physically unable to Penny. <laughs> <laughs> Penny unable to perform. Penny unable to perform. I like it's it. Too true. All right. Well, we only have one pick left. Yeah. So let's scroll. Let's end. scroll down here. Let's see what wide receivers. So let's see who you guys like. You guys can decide who this last receiver is. Whoever oh, you want. Terrence Marshall. Well, you guys. <laughs> hey, does anyone set an alarm at 6 p.m. Time to stop sleeping on Terrence Marshall. You know what Skip that. said, Scotty. Oh God. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> I drafted Terrace Marshall over Wait, was Elijah I just, Moore. Oh, did I just auto pick? Yeah, I was get? on the clock. I wouldn't even notice hey, I was on the clock. Mac Jones. I got <laughs> Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones. I was completely blanked on that, and I blame this podcast. I blame TDM for wasting my twenty-five dollars <laughs> by making me take Mac Jones. Too much talk about Terrace. Not Marshall. the worst pick, obviously. It's still different bye week. Still decent upside play. It's a little rough to only get eight receivers. I'd like to get nine. Just because, especially if I have so many overlapping bye weeks. Mm. But it's fine. We'll live with it. So, Pete, give me somebody. Give me a receiver that I want to add to this queue. Who do you like? Oh, goodness me. There's the guys at the top. We got Green, Crowder, Duvernay, Bell, Beckham, Fuller, Bourne, Phillips, Cobb, Greg, Gauchagir. Ugh. <sighs> I just died. It's not very many that you want to take. Is <laughs> no, and we, and we want to avoid week nine like, and week fourteen. Oh, I loved oh, Thornton right, yeah, before the injury. Yeah, Ty yeah, yeah, great good, pick. Yeah. Um, fourteen should be fine. It's just nine that's a little bit more of an issue because three chasing upside. James but... Prochet going to end up being anything in Baltimore? Like, is he? I've been taking a lot more. Hype? Devin... I've been taking Devin Duvernay over him because I think Duvernay okay, is yeah, clearly yeah. the second receiver. But, yeah, there's not a lot here. Got, you know, famous Jalen Rager. Denzel Mims. Soon to be oh. traded Denzel Mims. And a former first-round pick of mine. I am a former, um, well, yeah, these are the hours like, the undrafted guys. I still like Mims. Yeah. I just, that situation was never set for him to succeed. Yeah, so Kyle Phillips him. could be an interesting shout right here, surely. Kyle Phillips? Um, Josh, yeah. who do you like? Um, to be honest with you, um, Ooh. I, if he, if he didn't just, just get hurt, Ty Montgomery is kind of a cheat. Yes, yeah. thanks, but, thanks, Silver. Yeah, <laughs> Silver. Yeah, in our, so me and Josh are in a league where Silver, uh, there was a bit of controversy over fab bidding this week, where Silver thought he put in a claim for Montgomery, and then it didn't process, and someone else got him, so... It ended up we ended up giving him the silver, and as soon as that happened, about an hour later, Ty Montgomery got hurt, got carted off oh, the field. No. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't Beckham. I like Beckham here, or you know, any of those other guys. Duvernay, I forgot. Duvernay I have no strong available. feelings yeah. about anybody here. 
But that's part of these drafts is when you do enough of them, you start figuring out who you like in these ranges, who your normal mm-hmm. guys are. Duvernay's been, he's actually my most owned player in best ball this year. I have like, I think like 35% of my teams have Duvernay because I always take him in the last round. See, to whereas I see Devin du- Duvernay as like a zero upside. Like I, I, I see, him, I as see him as a guy that could give me points in one or two weeks. Okay. And that's roughly Fair. really all you need out of this. If it happens to line up with the bye weeks, oh, there goes Will Fuller. If that's what I'm looking for, then Odell's my pick here. Odell, yeah, he's, he's going to give me the, bet. the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, there's a good shot. He's healthy for the playoffs. It makes our wide receiver group a little sketchy, but I think we have a group of guys that aren't really huge injury risks that we know of. Obviously, anyone can get hurt, but... We're going to be a little bit sketchy in week nine, but that's just one week. You don't need to think about that too much in these. It's more about making sure you're going to have guys that are playing in those weeks more than anything. So let's see. Let's see the ideal Beckham spots, Buffalo, LA. What what are Buffalo? LA's by is seven. Buffalo's by is. Do we have any Buffalo? Yeah. Players? I'm not worried about the buys too much with him just because I don't think he's going to well, be back. It'll be, it'll until... be post buys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. True. Odds are he's not going to be back before the buy anyway. Okay. Well, that's a good point. If he comes back and goes to a team with a week 14 buy, that's not that big of a deal because my top five receivers all don't have that buy. So that's like, this is where you get to the issues where I talk about why I wanted to have nine receivers. Mm-hmm. Where you kind of can adjust around these things a little bit better than with eight. But, you know, got Mac Jones. And Mac mm-hmm. Jones is going to win me the league. I'm going to win $2 million <laughs> because of Mac Jones. That'd be All so great. Oh, that's our draft. Uh, we can take a look at this. We can see the full draft page. We got our QBs, got our running backs, got our wide receivers. Just for anyone that's not looking at the screen, it's our final roster. It's QB, Matt Stafford, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Running back, we have Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Rashad Penny, Gus Edwards. Wide receiver, got Cooper Cup, Hollywood Brown, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Tolbert, Jarvis Landry, Alec Pierce, and OBJ. Finally, at tight end, we got... The great Gator, Kyle Pitts, and my personal favorite tight end, Noah Fant. Those are probably my two favorite tight ends in all of fantasy right there, and I'm very happy to have them paired up. Uh, How do you guys feel about it? It's clearly a championship winning draft. Oh, thank you so much. Obviously. No, I think the the running backs aren't flashy, but I think you've got some... uh... I think you got some gold there. I mean, like I said, if, if Penny, if 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 Penny can stay healthy, he showed down the stretch last year what he's got. Um, there's still juice. Yeah. Lenny's gonna be used early and often. Um, yeah. And personally, I'm not a big fan of this group just because I think you're basically chasing Lenny and Penny. You Lenny are. And Penny, hey, as like <laughs> the guy, the hard carries for this group. If Penny doesn't hit, we're really not gonna have an RB two that's putting up championship potential. But most likely, not, never no. know. Like I said, Gibson can walk into touchdowns. Jacobs can walk into touchdowns. Both those guys have high touchdown upside, which yeah. gives them high weekly upside. And personally, I think the Gibson stuff's a little overblown. I think you know um, Rivera is like a dumb enough coach to like 
like, <laughs> teach lessons publicly and like you know i don't even think that's what it is though i just think that they're just trying to find more ways to utilize him because i do think they want more of a committee backfield they brought back mckissick they have brian robinson i don't think they want to be giving him the ball 20 times a game no he's not that they want to no. Right. So they, but he's still so athletic and so talented. You want to utilize him any way possible. So the biggest if question, means, yeah, the Go biggest ahead. question I've had with him is just like the guy played receiver, played very little running back, um, in college, and the fact that click on him, he had what thirty two receptions mm-hmm. last year for like, yeah. Oh, I can't click on uh, him here. Yeah, it's like it was just ridiculous. Uh, it's mind boggling yeah. the use. Like, I don't know. Same thing with Jacobs. We figured he finally ended up getting, you know, 50-something catches last year. But, yeah. like, the usage on these two where, you you know, their 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 resumes tell you that they're, you know, above average, um, exceptionally even, pass catchers for the position. And it's just they haven't got the usage. So, But, like I said, Jacobs yeah. finally got it last year. Um, maybe and Gibson will swing more that way. Right, and Jacobs might be set up to get more of that type of usage this year. They're probably going to be passing the ball quite a bit more. And they don't really have that much competition. Like, Kenyon Drake is apparently getting cut. He's gone, yeah. He's gone yeah. already. Oh, did, did he already get cut? I missed that. Well, I, I think and, you're actually – I don't know if they actually And Zamir White isn't exactly a third down back. They have Amir Abdullah, but, I mean <laughs> – Jeez. No, when was the last time Amir Abdullah was a threat to anybody? So I love how they say the Amir Abdullah role. What, the not playing and getting cut role? Like, what is that? Like, like, what hey, is he's that? mastered that throughout his career. I, mean, I thought Amir Abdullah was going to be great coming out of college. He was so electric. Mm-hmm. Like, he was at, where's he at? Nebraska, I think, where he was. Possibly. I might be wrong about that. I'm pretty sure I'm right, but... I remember watching him and thinking he was crazy. I like that's who I actually thought of when yeah. I first watched Travis Etienne. He's a Husker. And he reminded me a bit of Abdullah. But obviously Etienne is probably a little more talented, I would hope. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But anyway, uh, any last thoughts on any of this? Are you guys going to do some more drafts? Yeah, I'm going to... I'm gonna do some more uh, underdogs in this in this um, actual tournament. I'll probably end up doing at least one more, and then uh, yeah, definitely. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I've done like three best ball drafts ever, so this was an interesting <laughs> look at like you know not bothering to back up running backs with handcuffs and yeah. random flyer running backs in the late rounds, which is what I personally would would have done. But yeah, that's that shows you that I am inexperienced in this. Because this makes a hell of a lot more sense than right. going after these like Daryl Williams and yeah you know, yeah like I tried to like running backs yeah that's what I was trying to explain the process with why you want to build more like this even though I don't like yeah. this running back group very much uh, I don't think we got the best upside but I also made a lot of panic picks that's so not- how much of how much of that would have changed if you'd went running back at at one oh three I guess you would have had to take somebody like CMC. Up with well, well CMC uh, went 101, CM- didn't he? Yeah. Oh, was he 101? Sorry, sorry, so they he have was, been yeah. the consistent one and two for a while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would have taken probably Derrick Henry if I was taking a running yeah. back there. Henry, Cook, Eckler, all kind of the normal options that high. Obviously, Derrick Henry has as much upside as anybody. Yeah, it's crazy. Last uh, night I got him at 111, and then turned yeah. around on the turn and got Saquon right after that. So I felt really yeah. good about that and starting that starting point. 
That yeah, one of not, three spots seems to I, be the, the It's probably the worst spot. <laughs> yeah. It's, it might be the worst spot this year just because you're not getting one of the top two. And you have to make and, a choice. Yeah, I hate taking a wide receiver first round. Mm-hmm. It never feels good at the end of the draft. You've locked yourself um, into that path immediately. Yeah. I could always just like yeah. reach and just take Travis Kelsey there, but I'm not going to do that because Whoa. when you're doing tons of these drafts, you tend to just play the board more than to just get your guys. If you're only going to do a couple of them, just get your guys to build how you want to build. Yeah. But I'm trying to diversify my shares. I'm trying to make sure like if I have, if I have the one Oh three and I don't take cup, I'm just not going to have any cup this year. Yep. And I don't want to live in that world. I'd rather live in a world where I have cup and I can win a league if he has another ridiculous season, which is very possible. Oh, and something I wanted to touch on, because when you when you first made that first pick, like you asked me, like, where am I, what am I feeling about that one three and about cup and Jefferson? And I have this like, like superstitious thought that like Jefferson Jefferson's been like, like too healthy his first couple <laughs> years in the league. And I don't wish a, injuries upon anybody but that's just a thought in my head maybe it's it's probably actually totally irrational but like uh oh, it's very irrational but it's still it's it in my head it's like real. it's been too healthy it's been too healthy so that that that's a thought i had when you asked that we didn't most receivers are decently healthy like it's not I don't yeah know. <laughs> no, like, it's, it's totally decent. irrational but like i said that's that's where my my mind goes yeah i don't trust that jamar chase even though he couldn't see the balls properly made it out of his rookie year alive <laughs> Goodness me. Didn't take a single ball to the nuts. Tomorrow's the Might drop. not be able to catch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at like the other top receivers. Like Diggs has been healthy since he left Minnesota. He had issue, injury issues there. Adams has missed a couple games. A.J. Brown, he had his little issues, but not a lot. Well, like receiver, that's why receivers are usually safer. Is they don't usually miss that much time. And back to the irrational thoughts, like AJ Brown's has troubles in both knees, and that that's just that's something true. I always think about too when he's up on on the board when I'm on the clock. Yeah. So this is the draft board, just kind of showing it off. But I think that about wraps it up. Thank you guys for joining me. This was a lot of fun. I think we had a really good time and a lot of frantic picking that I normally am not a fan of. But I'll let you guys know how this one does. Yeah, that'll be fun to follow. So, um, yeah. but it is, it is the franticness is there. We're talking about the picks. I mean, um, we we found that out last night on the test run, and uh, yeah, I, I can fully vouch for it being like kind of when you're talking over picks with somebody. How it, and it gets a this was a crazy. fast group too. We didn't have anyone really running out the clock. A lot of people picking immediately. So we got through this whole thing in what like a little over forty five minutes. Yeah, I think we're at one hour ten minutes total right now. So it's pretty good yeah so that's incredible that's faster than usual i usually will have one of these up on my second monitor while i'm working and being a very diligent employee who always pays attention at work and kind of look over whenever i'm on the clock and just squeeze in some picks so yeah well thanks again Uh, that's gonna wrap up this episode thanks everyone for joining us thanks guys and if you want to go to underdog we don't have any sort of promo code but you can always put in my name and send me ten dollars (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah but, you know it's just scotty knows i'm gonna self-promote a little bit with that just get some free money if anyone signs up for underdog gotta get something out of this i'm doing this for free right 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 
All right. Well, everyone have a great night. Great. Have a great night, guys. Get some sleep, Thanks, Pete. guys. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think I'm going to And with the first round, pick Sam Bradford. Ian Lyon Manning. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round, pick Donovan McNabb. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round, pick Michael Pick. Philip Rivers. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round, pick Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the NFL draft. I've never seen anything like this.